What's up, everyone? How you guys doing? Welcome to episode five of Hollywood and China Dolls Evening Show. We have China in the house. How you doing, China? Jack Frost's wife. <laughs> she has them spikes. Don't forget to go over to the YouTube channel and subscribe, like it, share it all over the place so we can get some subscribers going. It was you guys that wanted the YouTube channel, so we gave it to you. We're also on Spotify and all that good stuff how you doing china i am good how are you oh you know doing real good look into the camera you know I wanna. <laughs> they have to see your pretty face uh today oh man we are gonna talk about some sticky subjects we're gonna be talking about how a woman needs to satisfy her husband boyfriend whatever uh slight uh side fling whatever you want to call it so we don't leave. <laughs> yeah, there's a few things you need to do. Yeah, and this is going to be coming from a woman's point of view. Me? Yeah, you. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were just going to talk about it. No, no not me. No no, 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 no. I think it's better for the audience to hear it coming from the women themselves, man. Only women can give other women advice. You know, when a man tries to give a woman advice, it just does not work out. That's because y'all just don't get us. <laughs> no. Don't get you guys at all. You know, they do say, you know, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. So I guess you know, they're kind of right about that one. Also on the show, we're going to be talking tattoos in the next segment. You know, some information about getting them and also what it was like owning the business. And finally, we're going to be talking about adoption yeah so china doll was adopted we're going to be talking what it felt like uh, growing up being adopted as well as meeting her paternal biological mother. Yeah. mother biological mother what a i can even go there uh so but let's start out with some stuff and i know this is an interesting uh segment women you need to take care of your men because if you don't they're gonna leave you Simple as that. I know many people and many men that have done that stuff. Uh, they left over sexual reasons. They left over attitudes. They left over because things wasn't going good. So I figured we go step by step with uh, China Dow on this. And maybe we'd help you women out there. <laughs> Keep your men. Hey, hey, you know, one of my favorite ways to get to a man's heart is through his stomach. <laughs> well, we all know that one. Because uh, if you can cook, they're gonna they're they're one reason to stay. Well, the jury's still out after twenty something years with you. <laughs> My, I cook for you like every single day. I admit, I admit, but you know, our son kind of has the cooking gift. Uh, yeah, you know. but I can't get him out of bed. <laughs> well, that's true. Now that school starts for him tomorrow. Oh, man, he is. He's going to that distance learning stuff. Yeah, that e-learning. My, my, Which, my. thank goodness, because, you know, the school does have three cases of yeah, they uh, got three, corona. Three cases of corona. But let's get on subject. We got to steer the blonde uh, uh, um, back onto the pathway there now i'm sure you talk to a lot of ladies yes you know you have your conversations you guys are like little schoolgirls in a locker room you know guys they actually talk worse than we do oh yeah you know yeah. i'm never gonna have a woman say they don't they're nastier than us yes but you know you usually go to the bar a couple times a week and you talk with the girls 
Yeah. What are some of the... Oh, and I get to hear a lot of guys complain about their girls. Well, that too. We'll get to it. But what are some <laughs> of the things and conversations that you cover with another woman? Oh, well, of course, you have to go there. And the, one main, the main thing that we talk about is sex. Well, that's a favorite subject of mine. Yes. Well, I have actually met a lot of women that do not do oral. See, that's one thing right there. You're going to lose your man. Bye-bye. See you later. You don't do that. Something's wrong with you. You're not a woman. Get a real... That's the way I look at it, but go ahead. I mean, I, I, I don't see anything wrong with it. You, you have an option. You can spit or swallow. <laughs> right, right. But why, why do they have such a problem with that? And men are going to tell you, if you, you, know, you ain't doing oral, you ain't doing that thing... You don't got their heart, man. They're just going to go somewhere else. And I'll tell you that as a man. If you can't do that, they leaving. Well, me personally, I'm I'm a giver, not a receiver. I prefer giving it better than receiving it. Mm -hmm. And you've known that. Right. I mean, I'll let you do it sometimes. But, <laughs> mm -hmm. but majority of the time, I'd rather be the one giving it. Mm -hmm. But the women are like, it's so nasty. And I'm like, what is so nasty about it? It's just as nasty as I'm going down on you. Right. Okay, my biggest pet peeve, though, and women, you're going to totally agree with me, manscaping. Oh, yeah, you got to manscape, guys. And, and the women, same thing. Women need to women need to scape their land. This ain't the 70s, 80s, and 90s, man. You got to, you know, trim that bush. Because, man, if you, do not, if you do not manscape, we as women will not go there because we don't want to, you know, floss later. Hmm. You know, What's some of the other excuses they give by not doing oral? That they just flat out don't like it. Mm -hmm. uh, the big, I think the biggest one is they pee out of there. <laughs> well, it's the same thing around when a man goes down with a woman. I know. I'm like, what the hell's the difference? You're going to have a guy go down there and you pee out of down there mm -hmm. and you squirt babies and have your period out the other one. What the hell? Yeah, That's yeah. worse. Yeah, those have been, you know, some of the JJs, they don't look too good. They look used. They look like you to drive through a tunnel, you know, just depending on what broad you're hooking up with. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, you never know who got there before you. Or I think the biggest, the, the biggest, 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 okay, and you have to admit this is true because when I met you, I never did it. Right. You know, I had to teach. So the biggest thing is, and this is the big, I have no idea how to do it. That's the biggest one they use? That is the biggest one that they've never done it before. Well, you know, I, that's one of the classes we had at the Swingers Club was how to do it. How to do it. The proper way to do it. Right, right. Like, there was a couple mm -hmm. that she's, she won't, she, she's never done it before, so what did I do? I did it for her. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Showed her how to do it the whole nine yards. And then guess what? After that, she did it. There you go. Uh, now, besides that, what else did they talk about? As far as, oh. Men. As far as men? Mm-hmm. Well, they talk about how their men like to pamper them. And I go, well, what do you do for them? Like, okay, you get my nails done. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, you'll get my nails. What do you mean every once in a while? Recently, I do it every recently month. he did get me my first massage. Mm -hmm. That was amazing, by the way. Um, you need to do little simple things for them too. 
Like, doesn't even need to be much. Like, okay, I'm, I'm talking real cheap here. I mean, even just going, like, I'll go to the store and get you a case of pop. I mean, it's something stupid, and it's not expensive, but it's the thought behind it. Or You are freaking cheap. I know, I'm freaking cheap, dude. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm so cheap that I found a bandana that was cool, and it was like a buck, and I bought it for you. She gets me a case of pop, I get her a 30-minute massage. Tell me how that works. Okay, that yeah, I'm cheap. I can't help it. But see, my issue is, is he's so picky. Mm-hmm, I have to agree. You're picky. Yeah. I know he is the one person I have ever met that I have absolutely no clue what to get him as a gift. <laughs> well, you know, I really don't like gifts. You know, I never have. And he's not a big one for receiving gifts. He would rather purchase something for someone else than receive one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I mean, even I mean, it's something simple. I mean, OK, yeah, I spent a dollar on a bandana, but it was cool and you used it. Right, right. <laughs> Or, you know, with women, what they don't understand, it's not about me, me, me. You know, I hear that all the time with uh, they trying to put that on men. But women are a lot more nastier when it comes to that stuff where they expect this, they expect that. Women expect a way lot more than men do. And why, why do they think they're owed that? Because we're the chick. That don't mean nothing. Because, I don't know, because we're better. Well, you know, I know you got it in your mind that you're better, but, you know, that's debatable. That's debatable. Uh, but, again, let's go to the bar talk. All right. You have a good friend. Yes. And they were having a little problems. Yes. You know, and, you know, I don't feel like it. My head hurts. All that I'm not stuff. You guys good. get it. You know, you get that. Uh, but don't they understand that a man by nature has to get him some. And when they hold it back... They're going to go look elsewhere. The, oh, yeah. They're going to go look elsewhere, man, big time. Mm-hmm. That's why I think there's a lot of divorces, because it just gets so bland. And, you know, the women, they get tired. They think it's, you know, th- this and that. And the man says, you know what? Enough's enough, man. I'm going to give me some. And it happens way more often than anybody thinks, and and usually the other person has no idea that they just went out and did that. Well, you know, to me, that's cowardice. If you can't say, hey, what's up, Well, then... that, that's why in a relationship you need to have pure honesty and respect for your other person. Well, I never understood uh, with that uh, kind of stuff. Um, but that leads, I believe, to a bad relationship if the woman ain't putting out. And you have to, uh, you know, she making excuses all the time. Like you said, if you're not pulling Oro, man, you don't, you do not have a man's heart. I'm sorry to say, you don't have it, uh, because you know guys are guys, <laughs> and you're sitting there, you know, you're 25, 30 years old, grow up is what I say. I'm 47. I do it. Well, I'm not only talking about you doing it. I'm talking about a woman doing it. You know, say like one of your friends say, well, I don't like it. It's nasty. And here they are old enough to know, hey, you got to take think, care of your man. I think one of my favorite lines that I heard from one of my friends once was, I do it when I feel like it. 
Well, I don't think the man's going to really appreciate that one. So is that like on their birthday? <laughs> it's like one of them once a year deals? Screw that, buddy. Uh-uh. You got to do it a couple times a week. Well, you know, with me, it's like, okay, if you're going to use that one uh, thing a year deal, out the door, man. You ain't worth it. Mm -mm. High maintenance, man. Nope. You don't run the relationship here. And there's, you know, that's the problem in today's society is men don't know how to be men. It's like they take the balls off, hand it to a woman, and they hey, put it in Hey, you know my purse. younger brother's balls are underneath the Tic Tacs in his wife's purse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm I don't know, saying. man. I haven't seen your family in how long. I won't deal with them. A couple years. More than that, man. Well, you, I mean, I haven't seen them in a couple years. Me, I haven't seen them in a decade or so. I just can't stand them. I think they're yeah, idiots. Well. They're one of those uppity-up type of people, you know, and I just They think they're think. better than everybody else. Yeah, you know, you got money. That's where the opposites are. I'm opposite of what they are. Right. <laughs> <laughs> What's some other stuff that a woman needs to do? You know, okay, some people are going to be like, well, that's stupid. Okay, here's something that I like to do, and he likes it. Okay, like, he'll be in here doing, you know, preparing for stuff or whatever, and I'll just wander in here, and I'll sit on his lap. Yeah, I do like that. That's, you know, it's you're, you're paying attention. And it's like... Men like that stuff. And, like, he'll even keep working while I'm sitting on his lap, but it's the point of just being in the same room. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's showing attention, and it... Because it doesn't always have to be sexual... Sexual attention. No, no, it doesn't. Little little things. Mm -hmm. You know, like even when we're watching TV, I'll come over and I'll sit on your lap, or because you you like my feet, so I'll put my feet up in your lap because then you're happy because you got my feet, and then I'm happy because you rubbed them. <laughs> <laughs> she likes the foot massages. Let me tell you. So then we're both happy. All right. Well, what what do you think draws people apart? Not putting out well not only that but i'm talking no uh, honesty no honesty no trust uh, them you know going to the arguing corners. over stupid stuff well yeah oh yeah going to we you know one's living on one side of the house the other lives on the other you know that type of stuff where there's no communication anymore the communication's the key though Mm -hmm. There has to be communication. I don't care if it's negative or positive communication. There has to be some sort of communication. I mean, and then if it is negative and it's like really ticking each other off, like when we argue, usually I stay in one room, he comes in his studio. Right. You know, you just got to separate for a little bit. And, because it's better yeah. to separate than to make it worse. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we kind of covered... And, and I'm really good at, like, poking your buttons. Oh, man, she'll push them buttons, dude, and... But most of the time, that's when, I'm, that's when I'm, like, really manic. Yeah, she has that bipolar stuff, if you guys listen to the other episode. Uh, yeah. When, I, when I'm not on my meds, I tend to get really flustered about stupid little crap. Like, I'll even get pissed off about how he leaves the toilet seat up. Mm -hmm. I do it all the time. But, I they, but I, I mean, mind you, I live with two boys. I got him and our son, so the seat's always up. 
Well, you know, I think the seat's always up because us boys are waiting for you to fall in. I <laughs> have done it. That's some funny crap, man. Like two o'clock in the morning, and I'm going in there to pee, and I'm like, damn it. Well, you know what's funny? <laughs> we got my son here, and me and my son gang up on her all the time. We Making just, fun of my boobs. Dude, she has no t It's all freaking uh, nipple. With her. That's because of the surgery. Well, we the know that. The first thing I lost was my boobs, but I swear to God, in the past two weeks, they got smaller. <laughs> I, well, I have to agree. Shut up. Don't buy, no, stop offering to buy me a training bra. It's not funny. Oh, my God. Did she get mad? Me and my son was going to go get a training bra. She actually asked to shop in the kids section. It's funny. Or what was the, what was the joke he said the other day? If you if you remember. didn't if you didn't have hand like what was it something about if you don't have hands would you wear gloves? Uh huh. And the answer is no. If you don't have feet, would you wear shoes? The answer is no. He goes, then why does mom wear a bra? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you're an asshole. <laughs> yeah, we get going sometimes. Uh, but you mentioned cooking. Yes, cooking. A guy wants a good meal when they come home. Uh, what are some of the other stuff? You had like a list or something that you were talking oh, yeah. about. Um, my, my other, one of my other things that, that I know he likes, because a lot of times when we're sleeping in the same bed, which isn't, it isn't a lot lately because the dogs took over his side of the bed. Well, not, you know what and, it is, and is you're up late, knee. And you're up late and your knee and yeah. So a lot of times he doesn't want to disturb me to get into the bed, so he'll sleep in another bed. <laughs> but when we do sleep in the same bed, I think one of his favorite things is like when I just lay my head on his chest. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just a simple little thing that's showing affection. Well, we're pretty, you know what, even after 20 something years, man, what is it now? 26, 27? 1994. So what is it then? You know, I ain't doing I math right now. I don't know. <laughs> 27, 28 years or something? I, I don't know. <laughs> You're just as bad at me. 2024 don't ever, will be... Don't ever freaking years. bitch about me forgetting again. Uh, <laughs> but we are able to work out the problems. We keep it fresh, I think, with us. Well, uh, that's just because well, we're outgoing people. I, I, well... Our lifestyle is different than a lot of other people's Well, that it is true, but on the, uh, the like other one of plane... The, one of the main things that people say to uh, that you should do is threesomes. <laughs> oh, boy, did I have a lot of them. <laughs> I don't think the people listening are going to go out and get another broad, man. Uh, yeah, I've been with you. We're not going to even go there right now. No, we'll now. just leave that alone. I'm uh, just saying. That could be a, it, when I be a different up, uh, When I thing. looked it up about how to please your man, that was actually one of the top things that was listed. Well, yeah, you got to bring another girl into the mix, man. You know, that, that's everybody's fantasy for a man. And well, I'm, see, that was one of the other things that I was reading is um, to try and fulfill your your spouse's fantasies which you got to know what they are first well you got to talk you got to be open hey guys don't be scared there. dude if you got a fantasy like of your woman dressing up in a maid's outfit freaking tell her because let me tell you that's some fun stuff well yeah exactly <laughs> walking in there with a maid outfit on or a little nurse's outfit or 
Not like those Hooter freaking outfits, man. The Hooter shorts with the tops. Yeah, the tops, the nylons. You know, there's nothing better than freaking nylons, man. It shows off the curvatures and real well, that's nice a, stuff. That's like his all-time favorite is uh, his legs with nylons. <laughs> he loves it. Loves it. Well, you know, I grew up in a different period. And, you know, most people nowadays don't like nylons. I think it looks professional. That's what makes well, a woman. Well, if you think about it, the Hooters girls are wearing nylons. Oh, hell yeah. That's why they hot. they hotter than hot yeah and and, uh you got to show appreciation for the little things that they do for you know that they do for you you know like he he'll he'll go out in the morning knowing that we're like low on cigarettes because i see that he totally invaded my cigarette pack while i was sleeping because i'm a late sleeper he's an early riser i wake up at like what 5 o'clock i don't wake up till after 10 30 and i don't go to bed usually until about two o'clock man so i'm up and going i usually don't go to bed till two that's why i sleep till 10 30 and that's why I got my own space, and you know, you you know, in a marriage, you want your own space. You know, at first, you're you you want to sleep together, do this, do that, and you know, I you know, instead of Jack Frost, I'm gonna nickname you Locomotive. Why? Because you snore like a locomotive. <laughs> and it, I used to have to get earplugs, man. Oh my god! Hey, and then you, finally, you she says, "Oh, it, it's the dogs kicked you." No, man, it's your snort. Our pit does snore too. Well, I can take my pity, you know, Zena. That's my warrior princess, man. That's my dog. Even though I bought it for her for her birthday, but it became my dog. Uh, we go for a ride together every day. We, we go, go get, get some food. cheeseburgers. You know, she loves Wendy's. But anyway, this one snores like a locomotive. And here I am. No proof. But you want me? You know what, guys? I'm gonna take an audio recording and I'm gonna play it right here on the damn show. All right, do it. (laughs) Do it. And you'll wonder why I have my own space. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. I want to hear how bad I am. You're bad, man. Uh, But yeah, I I, uh, I'll admit I'll be the first one to admit I I got my own room, man. It's like you know. It's great, and I'll see you in the morning, Jack. <laughs> well, we, um, but don't get it wrong. We do spend a lot of time in the same room together. Oh, yeah, we do. We do, but sometimes a person needs their space. And see, that's the biggest thing, is a lot of women are clingy. Oh, my God, are they clingy. The, the five-stage clingers really need to like let their man breathe and have some space like don't get pissy when he goes out with his friends like i think it's cool when he goes out with his friends because then i go out Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. he'll go out with his friends i'll go out with my friends which are two separate entities but there are a lot of times where i'll go with him to where he's going especially if he's doing stuff for shows right right well uh, that's a good point not to be clingy and me, I don't ever worry when you're out. You know, that's where the communication and honesty come in. Well, and then the other thing that I like to do, too, because being that we, you know, the next block, we've got five different bars. So I always start at the same bar. And if I do chance to go to a different bar, I will text him and tell him, hey, go into this place. And I'll tell him which bar I'm walking down to. Right, right. Because then you at least know where I am in case I need you for something. Well, this is, got to have that communication. See, she won't go to bars with me. No. Uh, 
She don't even want to be near me in a bar at nighttime. No. During the day, it's a little different for me, but at nighttime, I just can't do the bar scene. I don't like being touched. Oh my god, let me see your tattoos. Well, let me. Oh my god, who did who did this one? <laughs> Where did you get this? They're always touching him and like touching his face. Oh my god, and he he gets pissed. You know, I usually is. I don't like drunks as it is, but when you start touching me. Yeah, I have no mercy on that one. I guess that's just, the you know, what we are in Chicago. And it's like, dude, uh-uh, ain't happening this time. Now, see, I'd be the one that would be touching on <laughs> Because I'm a very, like, like this six-foot distance thing has made me mental because I love hugging my friends. Mm-hmm. I'm a very hug, kiss on the cheek kind of person when right. I see, when I meet, when I see people or even when I meet you. I don't do the handshake thing. I'm a hugger. So this thing is like really killed me. <laughs> I can't stand it. Because <laughs> I can't I can't hug. I like hugs. Well, you know, we kind of talked with fam- about family and stuff. How does uh, a couple make it through that when they don't get along with the uh, other's family? Avoid. That's what I do. Like, seriously, avoid. Um... He avoided, he's avoided my family for 20 plus years. Since 1994. I'm just a different cat. He, though, he was, he was at the, at Christmas of 1994 and then that was it. See ya. Oh no, 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 no. Let me correct that. When Brittany was born, her first Christmas you came and then that was it. Right. But now Brittany is 23. <laughs> I don't like stuck-up people, man. I really don't. You know, when people think they're better than you, it's like, you know, because they look at you because you're a street guy, and it's like, man, screw you, Jack. <laughs> you know, I know more about the world than you ever will know. Well, that's because I didn't marry someone like my dad. I married a total opposite. Right. They say opposites attract, and when we met, we were complete opposites. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And it just worked out. It did, it did. You know, we also had a lot of fun when we got together. Yeah. Uh, we still have fun now, but how do you, you know, it sounds like your friend, uh, the uh, the spark's dying. Uh, and the sad part of that is it's a new relationship, too. They've only been together for, like, oh, oh, maybe a year and a half. That is new. Yeah. And already they're in that problem. They're already into the, I don't want to, I'm not feeling good. And the sad part is, it's not just her that I hear things from, it's mainly him. Right, right. Now, he's we're not going to say his uh, position and all that stuff, but he's around people all the time, and he's able to uh, get whatever woman he wants at that time. Uh, you know, I it's like, I don't think it's going to work. I, I don't either. You know, what do you think they need to do to fix it? She needs to stop giving excuses. And I've told her that. Mm, what's her reply half the time? Well, it's because she's pregnant. Mm-hmm. Well, the pregnancy's made me sick. And I've been so sick. Well, that's when you say, hey, you got a hand? Suck it up, buttercup. <laughs> you got a hand? Use that hand or something, man. I don't care. You watch the TV. Get out the Vaseline. Get out the Vaseline. Use your hand. Do something for your man. You know? <laughs> I, I mean, if she doesn't want to do mouth mouth the thing resuscitation, then you might as well just bust out the hand. Right, right. And, you know, it is it's sad. something. It is sad that women now are taught that, hey, you know, this women's lib crap, the, you know, 
I'm a freaking, uh, I don't need to do this and do that. I think the schools and everybody else really teaches them screwed up. They don't know how to handle a man. That's because their mommies never taught them how. Well, that, and you know what I gotta actually say? Men are not men anymore. They really ain't. They cut their balls off and hand them off. I don't think women like that kind of stuff. That's just me. You never see your balls in my purse. Hell no, Jack. That ain't happening. Uh, but you're sitting back, and you're watching at the bar. Yeah, I'm, and, a, I'm a major people watcher. I notice everything. And you see a man being dictated by the woman. What do you, What's your thoughts on that? Well, if I know them, I'm going to say something. What would you say? Who's wearing the pants in the family? Right. I mean, I'd be a smartass about it. Mm. That's just because I'm a smartass when I'm out. Right, right. <laughs> but if I see if I see the woman, hey, go do this, go do that, go get me this, and you know where his balls are. Does that actually make a woman feel better, or how does it make her? Or is she? It more makes her seem like she's in control. Well, does it make her it more susceptible him... to? Go and find a real man? No. On the side? Makes him want to go find a real woman. Right. Uh, unless he likes it. Well, I'm talking about a woman's point of view. Do they actually like being a, a man that's not acting like a man? No. I, no. I don't. Hmm. I, I want... I mean... I, you don't... I mean, you don't do that to me, and I don't do that to you. No. Like, if I'm going in, I always go, hey, do you want anything? Right. You know, and you do the same thing. Did you want, you know, something else? Blah, blah, blah. I mean, we just ask each other. You know, we don't go, I, I won't go yelling at him. Hey, go, while you're, go get me a drink. Like, we're all, we're sitting together or something. We don't do that, but I see it all the time. I, it's a, I guess it's a control thing. I don't know. And I think that's it's why a lot of stuff don't last. not in my nature. Because most men at some certain point, even though they don't got no balls, they're saying, you know what, enough it is enough. I mean, I'm sure there's a, some some guys out there that are like, that's what they like? They freaks! Because they freaky like that? They like they like to be dominated? You know what, Dad? Like, you know what, Dad? It brings a picture in my head. Them being wrapped up in one of them freaking suits where you can't hardly breathe and the woman just beating the hell out of them using their heels on their nuts. Them freaks. That's the kind of guys they are. They're like freaks. a dominatrix. Yeah, dominatrix. They Tall freaks. in leather. <laughs> and she like stomping on putting her, her spiked heel in his junk. Uh, man, I, you know what? I never understood that. Well, some people like that. Oh my god, they need to get a life. I personally could not picture myself doing that. Hell no, you get slapped. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't attempt it on you. <laughs> Maybe there is somebody out there I can do that to. <laughs> what, el what else have we got on the list? Um, she has to talk in the mic. She's, you know, she forgets to. I don't know. We pretty much cover. We pretty much cover it. Oh, oh, my favorite. Beer man's number one fan. There you go. I love that. That's a good one. So, you know, the first half of the show, uh, women, take your advice from Chinatown. Suck a wiener. There you go, man. You know, that's going to lead you right to a man's heart, and they'll never leave you, man. They'll never then, look for somebody else. And then after else. you do it, make them, a, make them some food. Yeah, make them some food. There you go. <laughs> but anyway, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Holly. 
China Doll. Listen to the Hollywood and China Doll Evening Show, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all major podcasting platforms. And don't forget to subscribe to our brand new YouTube channel. Rock Hey guys, Carrie here from Bagger Syndicate Cycles. Just to let you know about the place that has the craziest hats on the market. Apparel that's based all upon bikers, baggers, and brotherhood. And ladies, we didn't forget about you either. Between tank tops and baby doll tees, we have it all. Now just go to BaggerSyndicateCycles.com and check it out. Okay, welcome back to the show. This is going to be a very interesting segment. China Dow. Yes. You're adopted. Yes, I am. That's going to be our topic for this segment. A lot of people are adopted. And I want to get their point of view, how they handled it. Because those that ain't adopted, they don't know. Uh, my little brother's adopted, and we don't even look at him like that. Uh, but tell us, give us a little background about, you know, your early life. Well, I was adopted when I was six months old. Um, my parents that raised me. Uh, there, the, she was told not to have children. <laughs> so she adopted my older brother first and it wasn't by biological brother, mind you, it was some other kid. Um, but then they wanted another child. So they adopted me. We're four years apart. And then lo and behold, four years later, she had my younger brother. Um, I've known I was adopted since I was five. Many people don't get that. No, um, they bought this book, <clears throat> and my dad used to read it to me every night. It's about a child that was adopted, showing that um, I was picked, so I was chosen, showing that means I was wanted. Mm -hmm. It was a cute little book, and he would read that to me every night, probably for a couple years. Well, you know, that's interesting he did it that way because there's a lot of kids in the foster system, the adoption system that never get that. Very true. Very true. A um, couple things that uh, I always, because even, you know, I always, I mean, even to this day, I'm like the odd man out. Um, even though my older brother was adopted too, my younger brother and my older brother are really close. Um, I was the only girl um, I was there close. She goes with the um. I was close to my dad, and he passed away in 2009. Uh, and once he passed away, I basically wasn't contacted by the my family anymore. Mm -hmm. um, 1994, when the year we met, uh, I was. Well, how was you know before we get into what? that? How was it growing up, knowing you were adopted? How was school? That kind of stuff. Well, I mean, I would tell my friends and stuff, and they would always be like, you're lying, you're lying. You know, they'd always, they'd always say that I was making it up. So then, of course, when my friends would come over, they'd ask my mom, and my mom would say, yeah, she is. So, mm -hmm. you know, they're always like, no, you're not. No, you're not. Because my older brother and I didn't look anything alike. You know, he's a redhead. I'm a blonde. But then if you see me with my younger brother, we're both blondes and we kind of look alike. Well, you guys, your, your younger brother, you were actually close to. I was close to him until my dad passed. 
Mm. I mean, we were like two peas in a pod, and and then, well, then he married his current wife, and yeah, he his current wife didn't want us around, want me, want him around me anymore. <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe because I told her to her face that I didn't like her. Well, you know, you get opinions of people, and you just stick with your opinions. Well, she made a comment at my uncle's funeral that ticked me off. Um. She made a comment about, well, your dad's gone and your uncle's gone, looks at my brother and says, how much, how much you think your mom's worth when she dies? Damn. I looked at her and I oh said. Oh boy, we got a storm coming. You guys hear that one? Ooh, go ahead. I stared her down at the table at this memorial luncheon for my uncle and I'm like, who the f- F, do you think you are? I'm like, you're nobody in this family. You didn't even know my dad. My dad didn't even know her. Mm -hmm. They got married after he died. And I'm like, I'm, oh. and then I went to her house that year for Christmas. And I, I kind of had it out with her in her kitchen. Well, do you feel it as an adopted kid? Are you treated any different in a family? Honestly, to tell you the truth, I mean, I'm sure it's not the same everywhere, but me, myself, uh, my mother treated me different. My dad treated me like I was his. But your mother didn't. No, no. My mother treated me like, um, like she hated me. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of people, even my dad would tell me uh, that she did that because she was jealous of the relationship my dad and I had. Because we were really close. She's also a psycho bitch. Yeah, she's a psycho. <laughs> <laughs> Which she got from her dad. So so obviously they weren't close. You know what I think that it was really the... surprises me is you, your dad stuck out with her. Well, there were numerous times that he was talking about divorcing her, but it just... Eh, the only reason why he didn't was because of us kids. Right. right. You know? Because it's Illinois and... Well, that's old school man right there that they're going to stay even though it's uh, tormenting them, but they stay for the kids. And that's exactly why he did it, I mean, for as long as he did. I mean, they, they were together a long time. Mm -hmm. Now, even though you had it rough with your mother, were yeah. you grateful to be at that place? Because like I said before, a lot of kids don't get that opportunity. I was extremely grateful to have the father that I had. I can't really say too much about her. I mean, I loved her, don't get me wrong, but... Glad you do. <laughs> I, I loved, didn't you hear? It was no. the love, duh. <clears throat> there ain't nothing now. But as a kid growing up, I loved her because she was the woman that was raising me. She made sure we had food on the table. She didn't work for it, but she cooked it. Mm -hmm. You know, and she always made sure that we had everything we needed as kids growing up, like taking us to get back to school clothes and school supplies and, you know, giving us the Toys R Us catalog to pick out what we want Santa to bring us for Christmas. And, right, you know, it was my dad's money that paid for everything, but it was her that made sure the household was kept because she was a stay at home mom. Mm hmm. Now, when did you get interested in actually trying to find a, your, you know, real mother and father, and what process did you have to take to do that? You know, it was actually so easy, and I didn't really want to, I couldn't do anything, you can't do anything about looking um, without parental consent until after you're 18, um, but it actually took me till I was 21, 
uh, when I turned between 20 and 21, a lot of people I knew, family members, friends were dying from like cancer and this, that, and the other thing. So I started wondering because I have no idea what my medical background was. Um, I didn't, you know, without going to donate blood at like Life Source, that's how I found out my blood type. You know, so I didn't know anything about my background. I didn't know my nationality, which is really weird because when I found out my nationality, it was basically what my parents were that raised me. So what's your nationality? Uh, I'm Swedish and Norwegian, Dutch, Finnish, Scottish, and Irish. Right on. But the family I grew up with were Swedish and Norwegian. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I have the extras, but Swedish and Norwegian are in there. Exactly. Go ahead. So, that that I thought was cool. Um, Medically, I didn't know anything. So, what I did was I wrote a letter... Because I knew where I was adopted from, which is actually still there. It's called The Cradle. It's in Evanston, Illinois. I sent them a letter saying that I wanted my... I wanted to find out my medical background, if they had any information. I, you know, gave them my year, my birth date, my name, you know, all my contact information and whatnot. And instead of getting... um anything in the mail I got a phone call and the phone call was verifying who I was saying that they sent something in the mail with information that I requested and that they found my biological mother who I guess was looking for me Mm -hmm. I had no response to answer for that, so I took the lady's information because I didn't know where to go with that right there. I wanted to kind of get the papers first. And so I, you know, took down her information and told her I'd call her back in a couple days. Um, And within those couple days, I got a packet in the mail from the cradle in Evanston. And in the packet, the parent's name, the mother's name, and the father's name were blacked out. So I have no idea what their names were, but I knew how I found out everything about them, like how old they were, if their family, you know, if they were still alive or deceased or which, unfortunately for my biological father, he passed away in 1987. So I never got to meet him, but I got his medical history, which was diabetes And he had it so severe that he had gangrene in both of his legs and had to have both his legs amputated. Uh, And then he ended up passing away in 1987. Mm -hmm. Um, Found out about her. She was was 14. Youngin. Well, what's even better is my birth father was 21 and married. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, she was 14 and he was 21 and married. Ouch. Yeah. Back if he was nowadays, he'd be in jail. Yeah. Well, I guess it was a one-time thing. I, I don't know the full details because I really did not want to know the details. Uh, and then they, uh, in the paperwork, I found out all the names that I had. What were some of your names? My birth mother, when she had me, named me, and it was Justina Ann. When I was at the cradle in Evanston, all the children there were called Baby, and then they gave them a first name. 
Um, I was baby Emily. And then when I was adopted, I was named Anne Marie. Anne Marie. So I, I thought it was really weird that birth name, my middle name was Anne, and my name that I was given was Anne. So I just thought that was really cool. What was it like when you finally got to meet the bitch? I don't like her either. Go ahead. Um, this was November of 1994. You want to talk white trash? Um, when I, 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 they lived in Carpentersville, Illinois, which I grew up in Schaumburg, so it's about not even what 30 minutes away from each other. Uh, she, I walked to the door, and he came with me so I wouldn't go alone, even though we were a new couple. We were literally only together for a couple months, and mm-hmm. he came with me. Uh, a lady with m- missing teeth and stringy hair and super, super skinny answered the door and said who she was and gave me a hug, and while she was hugging me, said... If abortions were illegal, you wouldn't be here. Yeah, great way to start, huh? Hi, nice to meet you, too. (laughs) (laughs) And the first thing she did when we came inside the house is I was bombarded. I'm the oldest of four. I have three. I have two sisters and a brother from her. My biological father has a son who I'm actually very close with. Um, but I, yeah, I have, I'm the oldest of four that she gave birth to. And they I were all, th- and they were all there. You have more, another sister? Amanda. Oh, okay, yeah. Who has no contact with everybody, anyone. You don't blame, you can't blame her. No, no, and it's because of the, the, the mom thing, um, which her. I go. I call her by her first name. I do not call her mom. Um, I met her parents. I met an aunt and a bunch of cousins, and then my two sisters and my brother. And it was very interesting. And my grandmother pulled me off to the side into her room, and handed me a box. And in this box were birthday cards dated for every year on my birthday wow she would buy she bought a birthday card for me every year on my birthday well it sounds like the grandmother was really more you know worried about what happened to you than your own mother i really don't like them i don't and my grandfather who if i had to say what he looked like when i met him when i met him he reminded me of colonel sanders Mm -hmm. (laughs) like the beard thing i mean everything um he was very quiet. He never really communicated. It was me talking to the grandmother or to the mother thing. Right. Let's just say it wasn't the best experience. I, I don't no, think it was. No. We actually, after that first initial meeting, we uh, didn't talk again until my daughter was born. She... I got sent a blanket in an afghan in the mail that was made for me by my grandmother. And it came right around the time my, my daughter, our daughter was born. So we went from 94 to 97. Then the next time I had contact with her was 2000, like 2004 when my son was a year old. 
That, so what what advice would you give somebody who's adopted that's trying to find their parents? Be careful what you're looking for. You might not be happy with what you find. Don't get all them. Uh, don't get all hyped up thinking it's gonna be a. Oh my god, the best thing in the world that ever happened to you. I mean, mine was a freaking nightmare. Oh yeah. And to this day, I mean, she gets mad at me because I I don't contact her on Mother's Day. It's like, woman, you gave birth to me. You didn't do nothing else. Exactly. And, you know, when you're meted by the person that gave birth to you saying if abortions were legal, you shouldn't, you know, you wouldn't be here. Why the hell would I contact you on Mother's Day? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So, you know, for those that uh, might have questions that are adopted, you can go ahead and... uh, Send China Dow an email. You can talk to her about it. Uh, yeah, it's something else, man, being adopted. I mean, I'm grateful that I was because the family that raised me, you know, my father, uh, it was the best man in the world. And I was glad I was in a home because, like, like you said, there's so many people that don't get that that are out in this world. I mean, I remember we even thought about adopting <laughs> or fostering kids for a while, but we, you know, didn't. Um, but I'm 100% grateful that it happened. I'm glad I went through all the experiences I went through. If I wanted to repeat meeting my birth mom, the answer would be hell no. Hell no. Well, with that, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to go into another fun segment One that I like talking about tattooing. I'm going to be. Okay, here we go. Back with our final segment today. I almost missed that switch over, man. I hate doing that. I'm sitting here with a cigarette in my mouth, and uh, the commercial break's about to go, and I'm at the zip around. But we're going to talk about tattoos, man. That and Ona's shop, because I get a lot of questions. How was it, what was it like owning a tattoo shop? I We actually owned a few, and we would flip them and stuff like that. But I think it was some of the funnest times we ever had was owning a tattoo shop. I was living the life, man. You're talking uh, the life of a biker. I was around tattoos. I was around bikes, the whole nine yards. Yeah. <laughs> and she was my cohort at the uh, tattoo shop. He did the tattoos, I did the piercings. Right. Well, Except for ones that I couldn't do, then, you know, you'd have to step in. Yeah, she'd, you know, bug me and stuff. But I I started tattooing in 94, man. Old school, man. We're talking Flash, all that stuff back then. Uh, people really didn't get tattoos unless they were bikers and <laughs> very true criminals and well, sailors. Well, and you were and going stuff. back and forth between what Justice or isn't that what it was? Justice, Illinois. No, that or, was later on. Or, uh, Gary, or was Indiana. Indiana, yeah. Gary, Indiana. Then uh, what was it? Uh, Justice. I tattooed everywhere, man. Uh, I really loved uh, tattooing. My favorite uh, is Japanese. I love Japanese and black and gray. I really didn't get into the other stuff, you know. I do. Uh, you don't do portraits. I won't do portraits. I don't. I think Realism? That, no. I won't do real. I'm more he likes of an the old, old school. school. I'm old school. You're old school. Traditional stuff. Yeah. It's more fun, I think. I think so too. I really love the Japanese stuff because it has a lot of soul in it, a lot of different meanings compared to you know just people that come in and say I want this name or that. And I got so sick of names, man. 
Oh, I'm so sick of names. That's what the apprentices were for. <laughs> well, actually, at my tattoo shops, we had a, a school that we taught. I taught at the school. That was fun going through my apprentice program. Yeah. You know, it was... <laughs> apprentice baseball. Oh, tell them what apprentice baseball was. Apprentice baseball was um, during a sh during their time there, because there would always be four or five apprentices there at a time, because they had to practice drawing roses. And the You want to learn how to tattoo? You got to learn how to do roses. You got to draw like a hundred roses. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he also had them tattooing grapefruit, which was awesome because when they screwed up you could tell because you could smell it well we didn't have the uh <laughs> fake skin back then it was all the grapefruits so what he would do as the day was going on even if he was busy he would randomly throw a question out there whether it be sanitation or you know i'm a germaphobe so so he'd just throw a random question out to these tattoo these apprentices and if they got the question wrong, well, let's just say we broke a lot of handles on brooms. Grab your damn ankles. Grab, Bend over, grab your ankles, and he'd hit them out to the left field. <laughs> apprentice baseball. Apprentice baseball. <laughs> and then at one of our locations, we were able to do apprentice pinata. Apprentice pinata. So if you got a question wrong, you had to hang from the beam on the ceiling, and yeah, you get whacked there too. <laughs> You know, a lot of people thought I was harsh. We did it old school. But what you can catch out there, if you were not careful, like hepatitis. TB. TB, God forbid, AIDS. But hepatitis C was big with us for the tattooing. Yes. Uh, AIDS was more of the piercing stuff. And it wasn't regulated here in Illinois until, what, 2010 or something like that? 2012? Something like that. 2010. Yeah, it wasn't regulated. You know, it used to be where you'd go do all your tattoo parties you wanted, and all of a sudden they come in with these stupid regulations. And I call them stupid because it was already stuff we were doing before they stepped in. They just took away the tattoo parties because they ain't getting their cut. Exactly. <laughs> uh, what would you say was the biggest decision in opening a tattoo shop? That we had to make. If we could afford it. Because it ain't all freaking money, money, money in the tattoo business, man. It's feast or famine in that damn thing. Uh, especially in the wintertime. Oh my god, wintertime suck. You'd be lucky to get people to walk in the door. But then, you know, you had your feast when the, it was tax time. And that was a good feast at tax time. <laughs> yeah. Big feast. But you'd have to save your damn money all through the year because of that. So it, it kind of equals itself out where you're making a de decent living. But a lot of the artists had something else to do during the winter times. Mm -hmm. They would basically just book appointments and just come in for the appointment because they'd have something else to do right. to maintain money. Well, yeah, you had to. Yeah. Because if not, man, you were starving. <laughs> Ain't that the truth. But I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions that people have, that tattoo artists, just because they're charging you 500 damn bucks, 50% of that or 60% of that, they get a 60 and the shop got 40 or 50-50 when you were starting out. They're not making all that damn money, and that might be, you know, one or two tattoos they get a week. They're only making four or $500 a week. They're yeah. not rich. Yeah, because, you know, the they got to pay for their space. They're basically renting the space from whoever owns the building. 
And mind you, even though he owned it, he's buying all kinds of stuff. I mean, we kept the paper towel supplies. We had to stock the bathrooms. We had to get the cleaning supplies. We had to get all the stuff for the autoclaves and to do the sterilization. And Mm -hmm. I mean, there's all kinds, you know, plus pay all the utilities, you know, uh, we had all kinds of, all kinds of bills to pay. Right. Right. So it's not like he was going home with a buttload of money either. Hell no, man. Uh, 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 you know, I think, uh, the reason why I started it was I got kind of tired of, uh, the party scene. Yeah. It just got too hard. As you get older, a lot's changed, let me tell you, when you get older. You kind of look back on some of the stuff we did, and it's like, damn, man. I wish I was 27 again, 28. Well, you, well, even you look back when we used to go, to, when we used to do tattoo parties, some of them weren't in the best of neighborhoods. Hell no, man. I had that shotgun I used to carry around in Big the Big Bertha. Big Bertha, right in the middle of that freaking sawed-off. Uh, but it was good money. Yeah, it was. You know what? Tattoo parties, you actually made a lot more money. But I think the reason why I brought up this subject is because bikers, a lot of bikers, and even a lot of professionals now, they go get tattoos and they try to jew down the tattoo artist. It's like, really? Oh, that's the worst. Or when they go from shop to shop because they want the cheapest price. Well, you get the cheapest work. If you, Exactly. You go to, you get the cheapest price, you're going to get the cheapest work. The biggest thing you got to do nowadays is you got to do some research on your tattoo artist and the tattoo shop. And that just doesn't mean Google it. No. You, you need to go into the place and check it out. Well, that and, you know, a lot of these guys uh, throw on uh, pictures on their online stuff and they steal it from the internet. It's not their actual work. You want to check out actual pictures. Pictures. Yes. Of the stuff that they did. And hey, if they can even give you references to people that got tattooed by them, where you can talk to them, that'd be even better. Because I know a lot of scratchers in the business, and these shops are hiring scratchers all over the place. It wasn't like when I was coming up. You had to prove yourself. You had to do the apprenticeship for two years, and then you got into it. It's not like that no more. And you had a few of them that did the apprenticeship that did went way above and beyond and are pretty successful now oh man i started a lot of careers man a lot of them own their own shops they're kicking bucks at uh all the shows which you know kind of makes me happy uh that they're out there and stuff you know then you got some apprentices that don't give credit where credit's due well it happens uh actually lately i've been you know since the meds have been helping out uh, you know i was thinking about getting back involved just doing some on the side and all that good stuff but me you'll see me all the time man i'm always on my freaking pencils and you know she don't like that i'm uh only black and gray stuff you know only time i did color was with japs but i've been thinking about getting back into it (laughs) well maybe you will you know not opening a shop or anything just doing it for a hobby again because I'm just like way past my prime. <laughs> I don't think we have the patience to run a shop. Plus, we have a lot more on our plates right now. Yeah, we got way too much on our between plates your open, show, our show, other stuff that we do. So yeah, it's just not gonna happen. It's not in the cards. Another thing you want to do when you're looking at a shop is the cleanliness. You know, everybody knows I'm a germaphobe. 
you gotta watch the cleanliness, man. Nowadays, it wasn't like I had where you had to autoclave it. Now you got all throwaways, man. I wouldn't even let anybody touch me that has uh, uh, steel barrels anymore. And of course, they got the pens now, man. The pens, I think those are really damn neat to tattoo with pens. It's like, you know, using a marker. So a lot's changed in the industry, but cleanliness it hasn't cleanliness is next to godliness right and that stuff uh what you know what other last uh things that would you say on this subject because we're running uh at the hour mark right now well when you're going to get a tattoo you need to make sure it means something to you mm -hmm. don't just get hey i'm dating bill <laughs> <laughs> i used to hate when they came in and i asked them well how long you been together a month and i just look at them stupid <laughs> you know and the funny thing is is a lot of them you would actually totally talk out of doing it but then yeah, i wouldn't do them there were those ones that were totally gung-ho about getting you know bill and i send them <laughs> over to an apprentice i wouldn't even touch them and then guess what happens a couple months later bill, bill's up. name's getting covered up covering it up with a rose <laughs> like like my tattoos all have meaning i i look i look online i see this this and this one i like sections from each one and guess what i draw them and combine the three things i liked from those three different pictures and then there was my tattoo mm -hmm. you're tattooed up a lot man you're i have 54 you have 54 54 that's what happens when you know you get involved with a freaking tattoo artist man <laughs> and they're free <laughs> and they're free you know okay they weren't really free because i paid you in other ways well yeah you have to you know take care of your uh local take care of your artists. man you got to take care of them just like we talked about in the beginning of the show you got to take care of that man and 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 when you get a tattoo you gotta tip your artist yeah. because that tip they can keep that yeah they can keep all the that tips. doesn't get s split that's theirs. It's like going to a hair salon. You tip your hairdresser. Mm -hmm. Going to a, a, a restaurant, you tip your waitress. You can tip, and most artists expect it. Mm -hmm. I mean, you shouldn't, but they do. Right. Um, oh, and you got to watch out if you have specific health issues already oh, yeah if you're on when blood you're, thinners like if you're on blood thinners you should not be getting a tattoo those that are diabetic you got to really be careful uh, when you get a tattoo because when you're diabetic the healing time is so much longer for a tattoo a lot of artists won't even tattoo people that are diabetic i, I wouldn't no freaking way um when you're going and getting a tattoo when you're drunk you're stupid yeah. Because the alcohol is going to thin your blood, so you might as well just, you know, you're paying for what you get, and by the next day, there ain't going to be much there. Right. Because you're going to bleed out everything. So, you know, we just wanted to give you a little bit of rundown in the and last eat segment. before you get tatted. Eat. Trust me, I... Uh, We've had a lot of... We had a lot out. of pass outs. <laughs> but, you know, just an overview of maybe what it was to... Uh, you know, own a tattoo shop, how much money is really involved in it, which is you're paying more out of your ass than it's worth sometimes than the headaches. And that's why you get it up and coming and then flip it. Then you flip that sucker. <laughs> See ya! <laughs> but anyway, we appreciate you guys uh, watching the program. Don't forget to subscribe over on YouTube. 
Yes, we put that channel up for you guys, so get on over there. Also, Spotify, if you want to listen to us over on the radio. And, of course, go visit me over at Motorcycle Madhouse uh, Morning Mayhem. I appreciate you. <laughs> appreciate your man. I'll talk to you guys later. <laughs>